Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I hopped up the plane at LAX with a dream my cardigan. Welcome to the land of fame access. Am I gonna fit in? Jumped in the camp, here I am for the first time. Look to my right and I see the heart. And with that, welcome into this Locked on Browns podcast on this Wednesday, the 1st of March. And why is it a party in the USA? Because the combine is here, guys. And if you don't know, the NFL draft is obviously a huge piece of what it means to be a Cleveland Browns fan. And the combine is kind of the start. Uh, to the process. And so uh, I'm excited that I will be going over there this week, spending some time with some possibly some players, an agent, um, some other of the people that write and cover uh, both the Browns and the NFL draft. Really just love getting a feel. This will be my third year there. Uh, And so today on Wednesday, that's kind of the kickoff. And really we have two pieces of news to kind of discuss. And so um as I kind of prepare for the combine and prepare some stuff that I'll be writing on the Orange and Brown Report, uh, as well as here on the Locked On Browns podcast and some other places, uh, we'll just kind of keep focused on some of the main topics for the Browns. Uh, and then I'll be covering kind of specific players, things that interest me, those kind of things uh, as a part of the combine as we go through video uh, and again through the Orange and Brown Report. But again, my name is Jared Mueller. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. That's J A R E D. K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. And again, thank you for stopping by this Locked on Browns podcast. So the two pieces of news today start, uh, we'll just kind of go in uh, chronological order. Uh, Earlier today, Sashi Brown, uh, a little bit before noon, so he caught me off guard starting about five to seven minutes early, uh, met with the media at the Combine. And there were um, a couple pieces of information that came out that I think were interesting. One really kind of grabbed people, uh, three really uh, total, and one one of them really grabbed people by surprise. Um, another really frustrated people, and the third really confused people. So we'll start with the um, kind of surprise, and that is that, um, and we're going to talk about it later as well, but the surprise was kind of a statement that Sashi Brown made about Terrell Pryor. And, uh, his statement basically said, we'll kind of move on if we have to move on. Um, so while he said he wants Terrell Pryor, um, he didn't make it out to be this huge thing, this have to thing, definitely that he wants to. So he wasn't trying to minimize Terrell Pryor, it didn't seem. Um, but some of his statement kind of made people, um, they kind of surprised them that he would say what he said about Terrell Pryor, a player that many people um, see as 
kind of the Browns' best player at some level uh, outside of Joe Thomas. Um, but Sashi said he won't panic if Terrell Pryor leaves. And so what that means is, is he's not going to go overboard just because Terrell Pryor leaves. I think that what he's saying is don't expect just because Terrell Pryor possibly leaves that Elshon Jeffrey, uh, someone with the number 12 pick, whether that's Corey Davis, Mike Williams, John Ross, blah, blah, blah. I think that's really what Sashi Brown's trying to say there. But a lot of Browns fans uh, interpreted that as Sashi Brown didn't really care that if Terrell Pryor was back. Even though he said Terrell Pryor is a priority, he isn't going to overplay his hand in any other way. It's bad in negotiations. If Sashi Brown comes out and says, Terrell Pryor is the most important player, we got to get it done, nothing else matters, whatever Browns fans maybe wanted to hear. We're going to get this done no matter what, because that just gets used against him in negotiations. And again, whether it's a million dollars, a half million dollars, or $10 million, whatever it is, the Browns want to get the best deal possible done with all of the players that they're negotiating with. So that was kind of the uh, surprising move uh, or the surprising statement that Sashi Brown made. The second thing um, that really frustrated people um which confused me, but it frustrated a lot of people that Sashi Brown wasn't going to give away anything. It was the same thing that happened at the end of the year when Sashi Brown, Hugh Jackson, and Paul DePodesta talked. Many people were frustrated that they wouldn't just say, we are going to draft a quarterback. I don't know what people wanted, to be very honest with you, but they were very frustrated that Sashi Brown yesterday, um, I'm sorry, today at the combine, earlier today, at the combine wasn't just giving away everything that they planned to do, didn't want to like give away secrets. And so, you know, it's just a part of kind of being a general manager that's really should stay kind of within the team. But fans were really frustrated. Some of the media was really frustrated that they didn't get the answers that they wanted. Um, I don't know if they wanted Sashi Brown to say, we're going to draft Miles Garrett number one overall, period, point blank. Nothing else matters. Because honestly, I'm not really sure that matters. Because why? Why would they? It gives away everything that they're planning to do. It changes any possible negotiations for the future. And what do I mean by that? Because this kind of plays into another thing that he said. Um, some people wanted him to say, no, we won't trade out of the first pick. So when I'm talking about negotiations, the assumption is that I'm talking about the first pick. And it's possible. Listen, the Browns could get blown away. Listen, if the Titans offer me their... Two first-round picks, um, pretty sure I'd take that. Even though Miles Garrett would be gone, I'm pretty sure I'd take both of the Titans' picks if I have the opportunity. So again, you don't want to give away what you're going to do, whether it is Miles Garrett, whether it's a quarterback or whatever. But the other area, maybe the most important area that it plays a role in in negotiations, is with the 12th pick. If the Browns decide that they want Miles Garrett, uh, but also want to trade up for a quarterback, it really hinders their negotiations because then they have to play pay that kind of quarterback bonus that you have to pay for trading up to get a quarterback. It's just a reality. It's why last year's uh, trade that the Rams made and the trade that the Eagles made were pretty significant trades, but maybe the trade the Titans made with the Browns weren't as big because they weren't trading up for a quarterback. Whenever a quarterback's involved, there's always kind of a bonus involved. So if the Browns give away that they're going to draft Miles Garrett number one, that means every team that they're negotiating with, 
starting with the San Francisco 49ers and moving all the way down, every team knows that they're moving up to get a quarterback. But if it's possible that the Browns have, quote-unquote, fallen in love with Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Kaiser, Mitch Trubisky, heck, Pat Mahomes, if it's possible, if that's still kind of in the mix, as the Browns are negotiating to try to trade up for number 12, they then are trading up for a different player, not a quarterback bonus, because it's possible that the Browns are going to pick that quarterback at number one. And so maybe the Browns get a deal done. Remember, the deal with the Rams made, the deal the Eagles made, were done in advance of the draft, not on draft night. So what if the Browns are able to get a deal done with, I don't care who, the Titans to move up from 12 to 5? What if they're able to make that move, but maybe don't have to pay that quarterback bonus in the trade? I can promise you, if the Browns are trying to trade up on draft day and they've already drafted Miles Garrett, the price would be higher on draft day. If the Browns have already drafted Miles Garrett, number one, the price would be higher for that pick than it would be today if they trade up today. Obviously, they're not trading up today, but maybe a week before the draft, a few days before the draft, whatever that time frame is, I can promise that they will be able to negotiate a little bit of a better deal now or before the draft, then after drafting Miles Garrett number one. So again, it's important to understand why Sashi Brown is not going to just give away all of the information, everything that they're going to do. It's important to understand why he's not just going to say we're drafting Miles Garrett, even if they are going to draft Miles Garrett. It's possible. It's maybe even likely. And we're going to start hearing rumors about that. Uh, today, tomorrow, and the rest of the weekend about where the Browns are going. But I can tell you, last year at the Combine, everyone and their brother was getting the information that the Browns loved Carson Wentz. Everybody and their brother was getting that information. I don't know where it was coming from, but everyone was getting it. And now we know, long-term and looking back, that the Browns would have drafted Jared Goff if they had the choice between Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. So who knows what all the smoke is all about? And so the first thing that um, frustrated people, um, surprised people, Terrell Pryor, he's a priority, but they're not going to panic. The second thing that really uh, frustrated a lot of people was he just wasn't giving away all of the secrets or his plans, specifically not saying who he was going to draft number one overall. And the third thing that I think confused people was his comment about RG3 and Robert Griffin the third. Uh, that he's still on the roster, he's still here, he's going to, they haven't really made their decision about that $750,000 bonus, and I think for a lot of fans, they thought Robert Griffin III was gone, done, not an option. When the reality is, is that Robert Griffin III struggled with injuries, which we know is historic for him, but he was a quarterback that Hugh Jackson had the earth move underneath of him when he watched him throw. He was a quarterback that really got fans excited in preseason with his long bombs to Pryor, to Coleman, and at the time, Josh Gordon. Oh, yeah, Josh Gordon. We got to talk about him, huh? And maybe even Johnny Manziel. Crap. We'll talk about them real quick at the end. Um, and so Robert Griffin III, he's not going to cost them a ton of money. They have a ton of money. And so it wouldn't shock me if Robert Griffin III and Oh, I'm sorry, or Tyrod Taylor, those those two quarterbacks, I think one of them is going to be on the roster for the Browns this upcoming season. Obviously, if they're able to either trade or sign Tyrod Taylor, 
I think Robert Griffin III goes. But if they're not, I think Robert Griffin III, Cody Kessler, and a rookie is really going to be the quarterback room that you're looking at for next season with a strong possibility that Robert Griffin III could win the starting job. Could win the starting job. And so I think a lot of people were confused by uh, the fact that Robert Griffin III is still being discussed as a quarterback that could start for the Cleveland Browns. You shouldn't be for Browns fans. You shouldn't be. And it's possible, maybe even likely at this point in time, that Robert Griffin III, um, I would say maybe he's probably the front runner to be the starter. Uh, him, again, or Tyrod Taylor, I think, are the front runners. I think second would be Cody. And then third is going to be whatever rookie that we might bring in. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. So that brings us to the other kind of big news um, from today, and that is that Terrell Pryor will not be franchise tagged. And there's so many ways to look at that, look into it. For me, uh, that, there's some frustration there. Um, I'd like to assume that means they're very close to getting a deal done. I'd like to assume that they uh, have given him a very, very good offer. I'd like to assume they feel comfortable about where the money is. I'd like to assume that they feel comfortable about what other teams might offer Terrell Pryor. I'd like to assume all of those things. I've talked to you in the past why the franchise tag was really difficult for Pryor in that it would guarantee him 14 to $15 million after making kind of chump change compared to that. And so then when you're looking at a long-term extension, when the franchise tag is available, you're starting at a very high, high salary, 10, 12, $13 million a year because that franchise tag, listen, I think if, if Pryor got offered the franchise tag, he signs it immediately then has very little reason to negotiate a long-term extension without starting again around that 13, 14, $15 million range because he already has it guaranteed for one year. On the other hand, the Browns could lose him. I mean, it's just very functional. The Browns could lose a player that, while for a very short amount of time, if he was their player, they developed him, they made him into something. And if the Browns are going to try to teach hard work and that if you work hard, it pays off and we'll pay our own. Last year didn't do a lot of good with Mitchell Schwartz, Deshaun Gibson, Alex Mack, all those guys, uh, Travis Benjamin, all leaving in free agency. And then you let Terrell Pryor leave. If that happens, I think that's a huge mark against this team. Not because I think Terrell Pryor is worth this, that, or the other, or I think Terrell Pryor is amazing or great, but I think it goes to show uh, players that maybe it doesn't pay off to work hard for this organization. Maybe they don't take care of their own. Maybe they're not willing. I think that is much more true if he leaves versus if they had franchise tagged him. Because then at least, at least then, the Browns had paid their own. And so it's a little concerning that the Browns have not. I hope that what it just means is they believe they're there, they believe they're close enough, 
and that they didn't need to use the franchise tag, didn't want to add any acrimony to the discussion, to the relationship. That's my hope. Pryor's been working out with the Browns or in the Browns' um, facilities this offseason. He's talked about wanting to stay there, all kinds of stuff. So it's my hope that that's all that that is. But it is concerning. It is concerning that the Browns could let a player leave. Listen, I think Terrell Pryor is a, is a good wide receiver. I think he could become great. I think the combination of Corey Coleman and Terrell Pryor, along with Seth the Valve, Duke Johnson, and Isaiah Crowell, give the Browns an amazing assortment of weapons to use in a variety of ways. Add in Gary Barnage. Add in who I really like still, Rashad Higgins. Add the speedster Ricardo Lewis and maybe even the slot guy in Jordan Payton. And you are looking at a lot of weapons. Take away Pryor, and all of a sudden Higgins is kind of bumped up to that number two role across from Corey Coleman. And again, Sashi Brown said they wouldn't panic, so that tells me they're not drafting a wide receiver number 12 or signing a big-time wide receiver in free agency. So think how quickly it goes from Higgins is their third receiver and maybe sixth weapon to bumping him up to fifth weapon, but on the field a ton more because he's the second overall receiver, that really changes things. So I have some concerns about Terrell Pryor. Hopefully uh, Thursday we get news that the Browns have signed him. That'd be great, but who knows? And finally, Johnny Manziel wants back in the league and lots of teams have interest. Great. That shouldn't be the Browns. Listen, the guy's got to get his life together. I know as a uh, mental health and alcohol and drug counselor how difficult any of the stuff that he might or reportedly is dealing with can be. Um, And so I've written a ton about that, um, both about Johnny Manziel and Josh Gordon, who is in the news as well, that he is um, looking to get reinstated. I've got enough information that tells me I would be shocked if Josh Gordon was a Cleveland Brown if he is reinstated. Shocked, I tell you. Shocked. So, well, I understand why Browns fans wouldn't want to give up on Gordon. He's getting paid nothing or very little. Why shouldn't we benefit? I I, I don't. All I can say is the cultural change um, that they want. I think uh, last year they were slapped in the face. A little bit by Josh Gordon, who they supported, uh, gave him kind of his final chance last year. Don't expect him to give another chance. So that is it. The combine is in full effect. Uh, tomorrow we'll see what Hugh Jackson has to say. Um, we'll see as measurements start to come out. I think tomorrow is uh, quarterback measurement, which means it's hand day. Uh, we get to find out how big people's hands are, how tall is Mitch Trubisky, all of those kind of things. So. Um, so far, so interesting for the Browns. Sashi Brown isn't giving th- anything away. RG3 still going to probably be on the roster. Terrell Pryor isn't franchise tag. Johnny Manziel and Josh Gordon want back in, but are not likely to be Cleveland Browns. And it is combine. It is draft time. It is free agency. It is all going to get rolling, guys. And I'm really excited to continue to cover this for you on the Locked on Browns podcast as well as on the Orange and Brown Report, a part of Scout Media. You can read my writing and all of our writing there at theobr.com. And you can get a hold of me on Twitter. Again, it's at Jared K. Mueller. That's J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Thanks for stopping by, and go Browns.